Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher Sarah Perry. Hi, folks. This is Sarah Perry, and welcome back to Haven Space. Today, we're going to be discussing the second to last of our partialisms, our paraphilias that have to do with a specific part of the body. Today, we're going to be talking about eyes, also known as oculophilia. Uh, By the end of this podcast, you should know a little more about this fetish, what it is, what it isn't, what we know about it, where to find it, and how to go about making this happen for yourself with all of the consent, respect, and pleasure our bodies are worthy and capable of. Thanks for joining me. Um, The term oculophilia, of course, relates to oculus, eyes, but there are other fetishes that can kind of be conjoined with this fetish. Um, Philia cornelia is kind of the colloquial term for an eye fetish or the idea that people's eyes are beautiful or that you would like to actually interact with their eyes in a more specific way than just glancing. It was coined by Dr. Bongui van Schwalken in 1892, which falls right inside of the window of time where we were starting to pathologize sexual behaviors. So it makes perfect sense that we are immediately right off the bat talking about something that is staring straight at us. Haha, <laughs> pun intended. There's also... Um, Oculolinctus, which is eye licking. The colloquial term for that is worming when you put your tongue in somebody's mouth. And you may have heard of worming more when it comes to ways people clean things out of the eyes. I remember watching a documentary about strange realities where a woman had become very famous in her village and town because she was known as being able to get anything out of your eyes. So if you had like um, any kind of debris or anything from a factory that had gotten stuck in your eye, which this was a big factory working society, then you could go see this woman and she would stick her tongue all around your eyeball and be able to get it out. Listen later for the risks involved in warming because I think that it's important to stay till the end and listen to all the ways that this can hurt you. Um... There's also a similar uh, fetish that is kind of related. It's called amorophilia, which, unlike it sounds, is actually attraction to blindness. Most of us have been exposed to this through something like the use of blindfolds, and it can be seen as very sexy because of the use of blindfolds and like the kind of very vanilla side of BDSM, where you get like maybe tied up in bed but blindfolded and someone gets to be all over you and have some kind of control. It could be linked, though, to religious stigma surrounding sex. A lot of the people that have a fetishized darkness and being in complete darkness and not being able to see can only access pleasure when they feel safe. And that is related to this stigma of seeing somebody naked, of sexuality being immoral. There's also a actual article that links the attraction to someone with closed eyes or who is unable to see to sex with siblings during childhood. Now, they don't link any empirical evidence because 
as we know, so much of the ideas that we have about sex are really just opinions. So it could just be a random person writing an article saying, also be shocked because these people are probably sexual predators who uh, preyed on their own siblings. There's also the concept of wanting to be blind. So attraction to blindness, yes, and amorophilia, but more than that is wanting to be blind themselves. There is a possibility that people who are attracted to blindness would like to either love and idolize people who are blind, which we would call devotees. There are also people who would pretend to be blind because of all of the attention that would come of this, something similar to Munchausen syndrome, where you would then like hurt yourself so that you are being taken care of by the medical community and by your family. You can bring attention from that. We would call those pretenders, especially under the pretext of sexuality and not so much on like the pathological side of mental health disorders, but from the idea of like, I'm turned on by this, so I'd like to pretend to do this so that people can watch me and give me this kind of attention while I'm getting off sexually, that really falls under pretenders. And then there's also wannabes, people who will literally rip out their own eyes. Although the people who have been studied who have ripped out their own eyes have never been linked to acolophilia or to amorophilia. So they haven't been linked to any kind of sexual attraction to eyeballs or eyes. And they probably just had other reasons for wanting to rip out their own eyes. So what is there to be attracted to when it comes to eyes? I think that the very basis of this isn't very far-fetched for basically anybody. Just getting lost in someone's eyes, staring deeply into somebody's eyes, that has been something that has been written about since the beginning of literature. The idea that cave paintings sometimes have like exceptionally large eyes, our attraction to eyes and the claim that eyes are the window to the soul are all something that we are very, very um, in touch with. Extended eye contact can be this type of thing too. The idea that if you lock eyes with someone from across the room, it's typically a sign of attraction. In fact, If you are female or woman presenting and identifying, you can probably relate to the idea of having to move away from eye contact from with other men, with men in your area. I know that if I hold eye contact with someone as I'm walking, even if it's just a smile, it is often seen as an invitation to approach me, to flirt with me, to ask me out. Um, I've had people use that as a reason to say smile uh, or something like that. So really, we tend to police our gaze simply because we don't want to be attracting attention that we don't want. In fact, if you haven't noticed it, I encourage you to start paying attention. If you are a man identifying, if you start trying to look at people in the eyes as you walk down the street, notice that women avoid your glance and especially steady glance similarly if you haven't noticed it and you're a woman i would find that shocking but i encourage you try to make extended eye contact with someone and see how a uncomfortable it feels and b intimate and almost like too much it's almost like transgressive so pay attention to that and how people behave when you're holding eye contact then there's also the idea that people would want to police 
your eye contact in specific moments where we typically don't look um, while having an orgasm or while we are sensing pain. So while someone is inflicting pain on us or while we are in pain, we tend to look away. Funny enough, we also tend to look away when we are laughing. I did a photo study for a course that I took in college where I was trying to show people with disabilities. And in the course study, it turned out that I was photographing all these people who had self-reported as having disabilities, either physical or mental or both. And I found that as I photographed them and had conversations with them and had tried to get just natural pictures of them in their element, most people were actually just laughing out loud. So it ended up being a study about a bunch of people laughing, which was amazing. But one thing I noticed is even while I was holding pretty steady eye contact and they were holding pretty steady eye contact with the camera while I was taking pictures, it turned out that they were laughing and looking away. Laughing is such an intimate thing that we don't allow people to look us in the eye when we are seriously laughing. If someone's laughing and looking at you in the eye, know that it is a fake laugh. That is not real. They're real laughter. Just side note. So another way that this can be exhibited is something like forced eye opening and examination. It could be like hinting at doctor fetishes and medical fetishes where someone would hold your eye open, maybe put eye drops in. There are people, and I came across some narratives where people say they are specifically attracted to the idea that their eyes are in danger, violence, and harm to their eyes, not necessarily actually being hurt, which of course could be extremely dangerous. Listen to the safety stuff at the end of this. But the idea that someone is like has a needle very close to their eye or is threatening them with a sharp blade or a hot spoon close to their eye has seemed like something that this specific person was interested in. And if there's one, there's many, as we know. On FetLife, there's over 150 groups that mention eye fetishes, quote unquote. Um, The eye fetish group itself has over 360 members. So we know that this is not super, super rare because remember that FetLife is still a very small portion of the demographic, that people that know FetLife exists, that are in fetish communities enough to feel safe coming out and saying who they are, that have pictures of themselves. So it's still a small community. And within that small community, we have 360 members who are identifying as having an eye fetish. Now, on that group thread, because FetLife, all, most groups are public, you can't comment, but you can read the stuff from the group without being a member of the group. Um, they had a lot of pe- pe- threads of people just commenting on their eye color, exchanging pictures of their eyes, saying, I've always been told I have very attractive eyes, what do you think? And then doing that thing where we seek attention for um, our our eye color and for our ability to like draw someone in based on our eyes. Eye contact during blowjobs, crying uh, with mascara running down your face, all of these things are things that kept coming up as things that were attractive in eye fetishes. Now, mind you, I would say the majority of people that fetishize eyes fetishize others' eyes and looking and doing things to other people's eyes and not things to their own. Some people, um, like the one I mentioned, did like things done to their eyes, like drops and forced eye opening and examination and violence. Most of the time, 
the idea of eye licking and forcing someone's eyes open and blindness, all of these fetishes actually have to do with the other person having the fetish. One person said something that I think touches on an interesting idea. They said that people's eyes being wide open and locked on something has a robotic kind of not there look, that blank stare. And then it led me to this part where we start looking at eye staring fixation fetishes, which are fetishes where people stare without blinking and really seem to be devoid of emotion. These fetishes are very closely linked to robot fetishes, the idea of sex dolls, and that someone could lie there motionless. Remember back to our fetish on robotics and robots and how they can provide expressions that humans cannot. They can actually um, provide feelings of emasculation. They can provide feelings of, you're not doing it for me. I'm just going to lay here and you can just fuck me and be done with it. Because humans tend to be responsive. The eye fetish comes in when people say, can you be, can you just lay there with your eyes open without actually catching my eye at all, without staring into my eyes, but be devoid. That is very much its own niche, its own attraction to the exact same thing that these other people are attracted to. But it just separates itself so much because eyes are considered extremely expressive some of the things that I was looking at even said that they preferred contacts that make you blind as opposed to blindfolds simply because they still wanted to see the expression on people's faces. So consider that most people, even those that fetishize blindness, still want to see the eye. It seems like a really far leap to go then to a place of this is robotic. I think that people holding like fixing eye eye stares in certain directions, not into other people's eyes, can then show that you are emotionless. It's a super big leap. So I want us to acknowledge the wide range of attractions that can come from the expression of the eye. There were people also that spoke about things like blind but glazed over eyes and lazy eyes. In fact, it came up over and over and over again that people are very attracted to eyes that seem to move in a different direction than the other eye. So very interesting how we find these medical niches and ways that we have completely broken down quote-unquote normal human presentation, like getting people's lazy eye fixed and getting a surgery for things like that, or having your kids wear glasses, where there are entire communities that in fact absolutely love that type of thing. There, I would say the most extreme part of the eye fetish would be eye socket sex or rape once removing the eye. This is most commonly talked about when it comes to people with glass eyes. There are narratives of famous prostitutes um, where they have a glass eye and they're known for being able to remove the glass eye and then actually having like penetrative sex with the eye socket. And these narratives are kind of recent. I mean, we're talking things like 15 years ago that we're talking about these people are well known for their ability to have this done to them. I don't know the number of people in the world that have glass eyes, 
In fact, I spent some time trying to find out for you because I thought, why don't I know that? I'm doing this podcast. It seems like an easy thing to look up. But no, I couldn't find it. And I couldn't uh, even ask Siri. Even Siri didn't know. I mean, how am I supposed to know? But all I'm saying is we don't know how many people in the world have glass eyes, but we do know that this seems like such a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of the population that I can't imagine this is one of those fetishes that will ever take off. So whatever prostitutes do decide to um, capitalize on this skill, sounds like you have a niche. There is also a movie that depicts a prostitute um, that does this. It's like a thing that we would do, but obviously for shock factor. The most common form of eye fetishes is always going to be just that you want to look into someone's eyes for playfulness or curiosity. It just turns you on. In fact, the most common way that people get into worming, the idea of putting your tongue in someone's eyeball, is for playfulness. I actually had a boyfriend in high school who would always wrestle me around and then he would put me on the ground and say, I'm going to lick your eyeball. And it was like a joke. That was like a funny, playful thing that he did. There was never any implicit sexual nature to it. It was just part of the playfulness of having a relationship. I think worming is very much that case and people don't necessarily talk to us about their sexual fetishes very easily regardless. So could you imagine them saying something like licking someone's eyeball turns me on? It's going to be something that we don't come across very much. Dr. Ruth Neustifter brought up that the ability to sense sensation and temperature inside of the eyeball is also very specific. So someone that does like having their eyeballs licked or licking an eyeball, alternatively, would then have like a salty flavor to it. So she says, this seems like it's something that people could learn to enjoy easily. They also comment on the link between vulnerable places and erogenous zones. So the idea of like our intimate parts, our armpits, our genitals, our mouth, these are all considered vulnerable places where we could easily get hurt in those places. And so they become therefore erotic, erogenous. Same thing with eyes. This is an area that requires so much care and caution. Then that care and caution then turns into something deeply romantic, erotic, sexual. But there is no other empirical evidence. There's no actual like funded research for this type of fetish at all. Historically, Rene Descartes, famous mathematician in the late 1500s, early 1600s, in mid 1600s had a fetish for women with squinted eyes and he actually wrote about it in some of his literature that there was a specific type of eye that he found very attractive um and with squinted eyes upon further research he actually means lazy eyes people that have two eyes that move kind of independently from each other or one doesn't do what the other one does more recently in 2007 the journal of forensic science reported that serial killer charles albright had murdered prostitutes and extracted their eyes, and they did find a link between uh, sexual fetishism, paraphilias, and the attraction to these people's eyes and him wanting to keep them. In 2011, there were news news reports that actually said that Saudi women 
with sexy eyes were no longer going to be allowed out in public. They had to cover their eyes because they were considered uh, lewd. I didn't do further research into that. And I think a lot of the media that are that we are exposed to about traditionally Muslim countries is completely flawed and the Muslim religion and the way they carry themselves is totally flawed and very much propaganda. So take that with a grain of salt. Then in 2013, there was a big hoax on Japanese media, this big story that sensationalized that a third of all kids 12 years old that were students in this specific study were engaging in eye licking and were considering it a sexual thing. Like it was like second base is what the study said. But that was proven to be false later on, as I'm sure a lot of our articles would be proven to be false if anyone actually did any research. When it comes to eyes, though, there's a few things that are true. Our pupils do enlarge when we are sexually attracted to someone. So much so that Brenda Love, in her book, The Encyclopedia of Unusual Sex Practices, she says that European women used to put literal chemical drops into their eyes so that their pupils would dilate when they were meeting potential partners, and that way, like, they thought they were totally attracted to them, even if they weren't. I didn't do any further research on that either, so you know. Everything that I'm saying is hearsay so far. But because our pupils do enlarge, when we're orgasming, when we're feeling arousal and attraction, similarly to the way they expand when we are very focused on something and we're having to run away and we have fear, it makes sense that we're actually attracted to looking at people in the eye because there are clues there about what we are to expect. There are clues there that are more honest than any facial expression you can make that are more honest than anything you could ever say. You can't fake except for these chemicals that may or may not have existed, you can't fake your pupils getting wide when you're excited. And so, yes, we tend to have developed these keen attractions for amazing little clues that bodies give us about what is and isn't a sign that someone loves us deeply. It has been mentioned also that this is more common in women than in men, but there was no supporting data for that. In fact, that was not the case when I was on FetLife looking at this. It seemed pretty even, and the women that were commenting were more commenting on their eye color and wanting to know if they felt that if people felt that their eyes were attractive and not on wanting to actually partake in contact with the eyes of men. Where can you find this? Well, most people have eyes. You can definitely find it with most of your partners. I would say that it is a pretty simple, easy thing to do as far as like holding eye contact. I could say it's very simple if you're getting some type of oral sex to get someone to look at you and keep contact. It's very easy while someone's orgasming to ask them to look into your eyes. Some people can be super turned off by it. Maybe mention it before the actual moment of orgasm because the last thing you want to do is totally kill someone's internal mood um, because you wanted something that came as a shock to them. But I'm sure you know when it's a good time to ask for something. If you don't know the person well, definitely bring it up ahead of time. How do you prepare? Well, here's the kicker, right? There are lots of diseases you can get from eye contact, especially with the tongue. You can, it's been proven, you can get herpes, chlamydia, you can get viral conjunctivitis, you can get corneal ulcers, corneal abrasions, and our tongues 
our mouths and our fingers and any kind of utensil isn't sanitized enough to actually be in your eye. And if it was, our eyes are so sensitive that minor corneal scratches can result in almost any instrument going in, whether or not it was made for the eye. So keep that in mind. Be very careful about putting anything in your eye. But I would say go ahead and try to explore this eye gaze stuff and see if this is something that you really want to do because it can be super sexy and super connecty with the other person, can lead to lots of yummy, amazing bonding time. So to recap, we talked about oculophilia, the attraction to eyes, philia cornelia. We talked about oculolinctus, so eye licking or worming. We talked about the attraction to blindness, amorophilia. We talked about how it totally makes sense and we've already been told that you can get lost in somebody's eyes and how you can get really edgy with it and take it all the way to taking off a glass eye to fuck someone in the eye socket. But if that's what you want to do and that's what you can capitalize on, go for it. We talked about uh, the different abilities to feel sensation and temperature inside of the eye, the different flavor that the eye could be because of its covering. We talked about the link between vulnerable places and erogenous zones. And finally, we went through a brief historical point by point on different times that this type of fetish has come up. That's all for today. Thank you for listening and I'll check you out next time. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.